0: This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Russia's strikes on Ukrainian infrastructure caused mass blackouts and obliged officials to remove three nuclear power plants from the national grid as a precautionary measure. The western city of Lviv was left without light and had interruptions to its water supply according to its mayor. Rockets killed three people in Kiev, the capital. Meanwhile, Moldova, which borders Ukraine to the east, also experienced a massive outage that left over half of the country without power, according to its government. Judges from Britain's Supreme Court ruled that Scotland's devolved parliament cannot pass a law calling for a referendum on independence without the approval of Britain's government. Scotland's First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, argues that the result of a referendum in 2014, in which Scots rejected independence, is out of date. But the government in Westminster does not want another vote. Miss Sturgeon tweeted that such a law makes the case for independence. America suffered yet another mass shooting, when a gunman killed at least six people in a Walmart supermarket in Chesapeake, Virginia. The assailant, thought to be a manager of the shop, later shot himself. On Saturday, a shooting at a nightclub in Colorado killed five people and injured 17. International tourism will reach 65% of pre-pandemic levels by the end of 2022 according to the World Tourism Organization, a U.N. agency. The lifting of COVID-19 restrictions led to a holiday boom this year, with over double the number of foreign trips between January and September compared to the same period in 2021. A gloomy global economic outlook may yet weaken the industry's recovery. Twin bomb attacks on Jerusalem's bus network during rush hour killed one, and injured at least 18 people. Israeli police blamed the explosion on Palestinian militants, though no group has yet claimed responsibility. The blasts, which are the first bomb attacks on Israeli civilians since 2016, according to local police, follow months of heightened Israeli-Palestinian tensions. Jair Bolsonaro, still Brazil's sitting president, formally challenged the result of the election that he lost to Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva on October 30th, claiming that older voting machines were untrustworthy. Brazil's, Brazil's courts, as well as political leaders at home and abroad, have already accepted Lula's victory. But Mr. Bolsonaro's intervention might rouse his diehard supporters. HP said it would lay off as many as 6,000 people, more than a tenth of its workforce, making it the latest big American technology firm to scythe staff. It hopes to cut $1.4 billion in annual costs. HP reported a 0.8% decline in net revenue this year compared with last. Demand for its PCs and laptops was particularly soft. And fact of the day. $63 billion, the amount that firms have raised from IPOs on Chinese exchanges this year, compared with $21 billion in New York. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. South Korea's Economic Quagmire When the Bank of Korea's Monetary Policy Committee meets on Thursday, Ri Chong-yong, its governor, is expected to raise its interest rate above the current level of 3%. Failure to keep up with America's Federal Reserve, which hiked rates to 3.75% on November 2nd, could trigger capital flight from South Korea, further weakening the won. But increasing rates also carries risks. Bond markets have been in turmoil for almost two months since the governor of Gangwang province refused to pay back creditors who bought bonds issued to fund the construction of Legoland, an amusement park. A U-turn from the Gongwang government and a liquidity injection into the corporate bond market did little to calm investors. With personal debt levels high, the central bank is under pressure to keep rates steady to avoid defaults and fend off a recession. Mr. Rhee has warned of growing signs of stress, he may be talking about himself as much as the economy. Opening Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago Documents Since August, Donald Trump has sought to thwart a government probe into classified documents that the FBI seized from his home in Florida. The former president's lawyers had early success in persuading a district court judge to restrict investigators' access to the documents and appoint an independent reviewer, known as a special master, to screen them for material protected by executive privilege. But on appeal, the case has trended against Mr. Trump, following a hearing on Tuesday at the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, where judges were skeptical that courts should interfere with the executive branch's ongoing investigation in a criminal matter The skirmishing seems likely to end in the Justice Department's favor. A ruling giving investigators access to the documents could come at any time after Thanksgiving. Last week, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, named Jack Smith as special counsel to take on both the Mar-a-Lago documents and Mr. Trump's role in the January 6th insurrection. A quick ruling could sweep a major obstacle from Mr. Smith's path. The EU squabbles over an energy price cap. Another month, another packaged agenda for EU energy ministers as they meet on Thursday. A warm autumn has offered some respite from dizzying wholesale energy prices, but policymakers are already bracing for a difficult 2023. The main topic of discussion is a cap on the price of gas used to generate electricity proposed by the European Commission on Tuesday. Opponents, notably gas-dependent Germany, fear that such a cap may lend suppliers to reduce shipments to Europe, thus intensifying the energy crisis. But advocates of a cap are not thrilled with the Commission's proposal either. The ceiling is set at a lofty €275 per megawatt-hour, and would apply only when European wholesale prices diverge from those of global liquefied natural gas, as they did over the summer. Another proposal on the table is to speed up the rollout of renewable energy to reduce Europe's dependence on gas. That is less controversial and probably a lot more effective. A Fundraising Tour for Cuba's President On Thursday, Cuba's communist president, Miguel Diaz-Canel, will land in China to ask its president, Xi Jinping, for economic help. His rare trip abroad, which also took him to Algeria, Russia, and Turkey, is a sign of desperation. The gradual deterioration of Cuba's economy under six decades of dictatorship has been exacerbated by tighter American sanctions during Donald Trump's administration the pandemic, and now inflation. Food is scarce and expensive, and power outages afflict Havana, the capital. Yet Mr. Diaz-Canal has reason for optimism. His four hosts may find that footing a moderate bill to help 11.3 million Cubans is worth it to poke a stick at America. Algeria's government, for example, has already agreed to export oil and gas to Cuba, and donate a solar plant. China may also consider restructuring or even forgiving Cuban debt, and could offer technical assistance in energy and farming. But despite such relief, until the Communist Party loosens its grip, Cuba will be forced to depend on its allies. Volodymyr Zelensky, Speechmaker After Russia's invasion, the speeches of Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, were beamed to parliaments, award ceremonies, and front pages around the world. A new collection of Mr. Zelensky's speeches will be published on Thursday. Proceeds from its sales will go to United24, an initiative that channels donations to the Ukrainian state itself. A message from Ukraine includes 16 speeches, spanning Mr. Zelensky's hopeful inauguration in 2019 to his wartime call to arms in 2022. It also features a preface by The Economist's Russia editor. The collection displays the president's firm grasp on the emotions of his audience, a skill honed during his earlier career as an actor and comedian. And it showcases Mr. Zelensky's well-chosen historical references designed to suit the audience of the day. Speaking to Britain's Parliament, he echoes Winston Churchill. To the German Bundestag, he invokes the Berlin Wall. Before the war, many thought Mr. Zelensky's backstory made him unsuitable for office. Now, his experience as an entertainer seems his greatest strength. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which children's toy was named after the 26th President of America? Wednesday, which marsupial featured as a ferocious Warner Brothers cartoon character. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Georges Clemenceau, who died on this day in 1929. War is a series of catastrophes that results in a victory. That's the World in Brief from The Economist.